0: to also talk about, you know, why sometimes God um, doesn't answer some prayers or why sometimes our prayers take a little bit longer to be answered. And so the title for today's message is Persevering in Prayer When Our Prayers Are Not Answered. It's about persevering. I think there's something special that happens when we persevere. And it's important, I think, for us to, to learn that, you know, even, even when we don't see our prayers being answered, God is in control. God is in control. So um, we're going to be sharing from, uh, reading from John chapter 17. We're going to be reading the whole chapter. And I think uh, we will probably have that on the screen at some point. Okay, so John chapter 17. Now they know that everything that you have given me is, for you, is from you. I have given them the words that you gave me. And they have received them and, I, and have come to know the truth that I come from you. And they have believed that you sent me. I am praying for them. <clears throat> I'm not praying for the words, but for those whom you have given me. For they are yours. All mine are yours. And yours are mine and I am glorified in them. And I am not longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me, I have guarded, and no one of them has been lost except the sand of destruction, that the scripture may be fulfilled. But now I'm coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of this world. Just as I am not of the world, But also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Verse 22, the glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me. That they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you send me and love, and love them even as you loved me, Father. I desire they also. Who, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am, to see my glory that you have given me, because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Oh, righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and this know that you have sent me i have made known them you, i have made known to them your name and i will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and i in them it's a long chapter chapter 17 of john but it's <clears throat> it's an interesting chapter uh, where you know jesus kind of praise, not just for the disciples at the time, but he's also praying for those who would believe because of their testimony, and that's us. And so as we look at the importance of prayer, you know, uh, over the past few weeks, I I think, as I said before earlier, that it's also important to see what happens when our prayers are not answered. and. Um, and as I was searching uh, for this topic, I found a song, and I found um, you know different teachings on prayer, and I've never heard this before. Um, that you know sometimes when we pray, God says yes, God says no, or God says wait. Which I you know meditating on them, it, it's true. That's how actually God sometimes answers our prayers, and but I I, I never thought about them. But I heard a song, a children's song that I really liked I I enjoyed it. And it goes, if you, you know, the lyrics, uh, I, have, I will read you the lyrics, but you know, the song kind of goes like, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands, those melodies. So it says, sometimes God answers yes when I pray. Sometimes God answers yes when I pray. Sometimes, sometimes God answers yes, just because he loves me so. But I know he always answers when I pray. Sometimes God answers wait when I pray. Sometimes God answers wait when I pray. Sometimes God answers wait just because he loves me so. But I know he always answers when I pray. Sometimes God answers no when I pray. Sometimes God answers no when I pray. Sometimes God answers no just because He loves me so, but I know He always answers when I pray. Shall we pray? (laughs) Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your precious, precious word. Father, it is through your word that you have cleansed us. It is through your word that you've given us the truth. It is through your word, Father that you can change our circumstances, that you can give us a glimpse of um, hope. And even when we're feeling weak in our belief, Father, it is through your word that you encourage us. So, Father, I pray right now as we're listening to your word, as you speak to our hearts, Father, May you encourage us. Many of us need that word of encouragement. Many of us need that word of affirmations from your Father. And I pray today, Lord, that as, as I share the word, your Holy Spirit will be ministering into everyone's heart. And may your Holy Spirit fill them with love, fill them um, with your presence, and may your Holy Spirit bring comfort as well, I pray, Lord. Holy Spirit, come, come and fill our lives today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So whether, you know, God says to us, yes, no, or wait, it's important to know that every answer to our prayer, it's because he loves us so. And, you know, the Bible actually tells us in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. You know, God hears our prayers because prayers are not just petitions. Prayers are conversations with God. Prayer is is a form of having relationship with God. Prayer is it's it's having this relationship where I can tell Him. You know, when we look at the Book of Psalms all of those Psalms are prayers that David kind of pour up his heart and, and, and it's raw. Some of the words, some of the things he says to God are raw, raw things, but you know, it's God. God doesn't get upset with David when he tells him, Lord, I feel like, you know, I'm dying. This is, where are you? I can't see you. You know, I oh there's like, he feels there's sometimes hopeless. God listens to those prayers and, and at the end, you know, David King David it's always uh, has this sense of, of God's presence of even in the midst of, of of this difficulty you know even though I walk in the shadow of death, you know you are there, you'll guide me, you'll comfort me, you are there and I think that's important for us to understand when we pray to God. God always is listening to our prayers. He might not answer the way we expect it, or he might not answer immediately, but he's listening. And I wanted to share with you this morning, just kind of my points are on those three things. Yes, no, and wait. And and looking at Bible examples of where God said yes, where God said no, where God said wait. And I think it's mainly, I want us to, to kind of persevere in our prayers because Sometimes our prayers can take years for us to see the change, but it doesn't mean that God is not working on an everyday basis uh, just because we don't see it. And I guess there may be even times when we might not even see our prayers being answered here, but, you know, that we will find out, oh, God, this is how you worked it out. So when God is saying yes, we can look at the example of Hannah, Hannah praying for a child in First Samuel chapter one. We see the story of Elkanah, Hannah, and Peninnah. Uh, the Bible tells us that Elkanah loved Hannah more than Peninnah, uh, and Penina was, as, you know, it was Hannah's rival. And the and and you know we can kind of uh, put some adjectives on on Hannah. You know, the barren woman, the bitter woman, the one who longed for a child. She was loved by her husband, but the one desire that she had was she wanted to have a, a child. She wanted to have a baby. She she longed to, to be a mother. And, you know, looking at her story, we can see that maybe sorrow was part of her story, was part of, of what she um, lived day after day, especially seeing... Her rival having children of her own and, and her, their relationship was a, a difficult one because, you know, her rival would kind of tease her. Um, but one of the things that we see is that every year when they went to to present offerings to the Lord on a yearly basis, you know, she would go and pray and pray and pray. And even though she was sad, even, even though she was in sorrow, she still went to the house of the Lord. And so I think that might be a little something that we, we need to keep in mind. You know, when we are praying, when we are wanting, or maybe when we don't see uh, God doing what we expect, God is still working in our life. God is doing something, and we should still come to, to 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 the house of the Lord in spite of our circumstances. But eventually, her prayer was answered, and it was a yes from God. It wasn't done on an instant. God was probably working something in her heart, and, and we see in verse twenty that she got an answer for, she's got the she got the answer of her prayer, and she had a, a boy that she named. Samuel, but eventually she also had five more children. So when we persevere, you know, remember, persevere in your prayer. Remember that sometimes we don't see immediately. You know, I, I guess there are times when we pray for certain things and kind of it happens immediately. But sometimes it just means that we just need to push and push and push. Another example where we see God answering prayer Kind of immediately <laughs> it 's in Peter, Peter, when Peter was in prison, Acts chapter twelve, from verses one to seventeen, we see um, how uh, God answers the prayer of the praying church, the praying church was praying for Peter to for a supernatural weight of God releasing him from prison, but i don 't think they expected. God to, to work in the way he did, which is a supernatural way. And so, um, you know, they were afraid uh, for Peter's life because uh, previously, uh, uh, the James had been killed and the Jews were bringing a lot of pressure to kind of cut, you know, all of Jesus' disciples and to, you know, kind of shut their message. And so the, pray, the church gathered together and they began to pray, offer continuous prayer, interceding, interceding. And then something supernatural happened because God, um, there, there was an earthquake that shook the jail and Peter was, ab- was able to be released supernaturally. And no one realized that he had broken out of prison till, uh, till after he was gone. And you know, it's amazing what God can do in in an instant but sometimes it also it can take a while I like what Hebrews chapter 11 says because although we're talking about prayer prayer goes together with faith faith and prayer work go by, hand by hand in hand and it, you know Hebrews 11 tells us about all the wonderful miracles and all of the different bible characters that you know god did amazing things in their life but the, the reason why i'm i'm bringing this text now is because you know then you know it's amazing when you pray and all of a sudden you see a miracle happening when you pray and all of a sudden god changes the circumstances when you pray and all of a, all of a sudden something changes in the atmosphere when you pray i know i remember there's um, there was this guy who um, felt a call from God to go into the Middle East to a certain country, he never revealed which country it was, but he was into the Middle East um, and take Bibles with him. And Bibles are completely prohibited in, in that country that he, he used to go. But it, it, he wasn't sent, you know, from a ministry or anything. like. That. It's just something that God put in his heart that he needed to do. And he says that he told us different testimonies of how, you know, um, he would be like the first time he went there. He, he didn't first time he went by himself but then he began sharing his story and there were other people who said we want to go with you we we, we believe that God is calling us to do this and we want to do it but he would always turn and look there is a risk that if we go because you know their bags would be full with bibles they weren't they didn't take clothes with them and he would tell them look there's a risk that if immigration stops us and if they look at our bags and they see the bibles that we're bringing into their country because it's completely prohibited that we can go into prison so they knew that they were risking their lives but they did it anyway and there was there was this one occasion where he said they they were actually stopped by immigration there was a group of them and they were stopped by immigration and he said that it was supernaturally that um, one of the guards who was about to open the bag and and look at what was inside, he said that it it was as if he touched the bag and like there was um, electricity on the bag and he just took his hand out and said, no, 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 I don't wanna open it, just go, just go, go, go. You know, these are amazing stories. When you hear these things, you think, wow, you know, God is doing something, you know, I believe, I believe. But and this is where Kind of, I, I kind of want to also focus it, you know, what happens? And I'm not going to answer. I'm not even going to attempt to answer that. What happens when God says no? Because I think that's the hard one. And I think that's the one we struggle with and we will struggle with even until we go to heaven because I don't think there is an answer for when God says no. Um, I don't think sometimes we will even understand why he said no. Um, But trusting God that even when He says no, it's because He loves me so. You know, we will find out. So Hebrews chapter eleven. So the second one was God saying no. Hebrews eleven verses thirty-five to forty says this is interesting. It begins with women, women received their their, back their dead raised to life. That is amazing. But then it says there were others who were tortured refusing to be released so that they may gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were so too. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskin and goatskins, destitute, persecuted and mistreated. Verse 38, the world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains living in caves and in holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what they had been promised, since God had planned something better for us that only together with us would they be made perfect. I, As I, I was reading this part of Hebrews 11, these last verses, it struck me that you know, it's a ama- you know you read chapter 11 and it's kind of it fills you with faith and you think yes I can conquer worlds you know God can stop the moon and the sun just like He did with um, Joshua you know God can resurrect the dead and we start this verse with that women received their dead they were dead raised to life again they were resurrected it's a supernatural miracle I haven't seen one yet but then he says there were others who were tortured. Refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some, and then you see all these kind of negative things we would say. You know, they were astonished to de- they were stoned to death, they were sown to, they were killed by the sword, they lived in deserts, they lived in mountains, they lived in caves, they lived in holes in the ground, they were destitute, persecuted, mistreated. Yet these were all commended for their faith. That even in their struggle, that even when they didn't say, because it actually says, none of them received what they had been promised. Since God had planned something better for us, so that they, that only together with us would they, be, would they be made perfect. There's something about suffering. There's something about not receiving what we sometimes expect or want. But God can change those. I I mean, when we really understand what God wants to do, how he wants to do, when we really trust him, we are okay when he says no. Or we are okay when maybe it's not the time. Sometimes, you know, God is always listening to our prayer, but sometimes God is saying no. Sometimes God says no. For for whatever reason, I I can't, and I'm not going to try to tell you, this is why God says no. Sometimes we just don't know. And this is a hard topic. And like I said to you earlier, I'm I'm not going to try to explain why God allows these things to happen or, or trying to work out, you know, maybe because you need faith or you lack faith. I don't think that's what it is. You know, God is not God is a loving God and He knows what we can handle, He knows what we, we can do, and He will never ask more of us. You know, it's I think it's this is a hard one, especially when we talk about, you know, wanting people to be healed or, or when we want you know sickness to leave the body or because or you know when we have a prognosis that is um difficult one, you know, and then God still says no. But I think it takes more faith to believe when it's a no, to believe, takes more faith to believe in God than when we do receive what we want. And there's something special in that if you can um, receive, that. something special to have faith, even when we when you don't get what you expect or what you want. Just like we read in, in Hebrews 11, you know, God wants to commend you for your faith when you don't receive what you expect. God will commend you for your faith because it takes more faith to believe when you don't receive than when you receive what you have been believing for. And it's a key verse. Philippians chapter 3 verse 20 and 21 says, But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him to subject all things to himself. Our citizenship, where we will reign forever and ever, it's not on earth, it's not on this earth. We have a citizenship in heaven. That is where our God Savior is waiting for us. He will transform this body. He will transform everything. It will be different, you know? And we also see in the story uh, of, um, I wanna share a story of a second, in 2 second Samuel, chapter 12. Chapter 12 tells us the story of David, fasting and praying for the son he had with Bathsheba and then the prophet Nathan comes to David and says and rebukes him in a way that only David understood David then repents he realizes that he has done wrong he actually understood that you know he had sinned before that he repents but in his case in David's case his sin brought consequences and in verse 14 um, Nathan says to David, but because by doing this, the sin, you have shown utter contempt for the Lord. The son born to you will die. So David then begins to fast and pray for, for his son, you know, as a father. He he wants his son to leave, so he's fasting and praying and, you know, nobody would dare to, to speak to David because he was in such a mourning time. And then all of a sudden, the Bible tells us that he was hearing, you know, people talking, whispering, and then he says, Has the child died? And they said, Yes, he has. They were afraid to tell him because they said, No, no, the state that he's in and, you know, and the child is still alive. What's he, what is he going to be like once the child dies? So what, when he realized that the child died, the Bible tells us in verse 20, then David got up from the ground. After he had washed, put on lotions and changed his clothes, he went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. Then he went to his own house and at his request they served him food and he ate. Then there's something we can learn about King David and the attitude we should have even when we don't get what we want or what we have been praying for. He, They asked him, but, you know, why did you act this way? Because when your child was still alive, you had a terrible, you were in a terrible position. Now that you know he's dead, why did you all of a sudden change? And he said, because I've been fasting and praying, thinking that maybe God changed his mind. But now that he hasn't, there's nothing else I can do. But one thing he did go, he went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. And I think this is key for us. Maybe when you don't feel like praying. Maybe when you see the circumstances are against you. Worship God. Worship God. Praise him. Something will change in your heart. Matthew chapter 26, verse 42 says, Jesus went away a second time and prayed, My Father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. Jesus is praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's praying because he knows what's gonna come, what's gonna happen in the next few hours. He he knew there was a terrible suffering that he will have to go through, and he really was hoping that it, it would God would do something supernatural and change. And and you know, I think even here Jesus is teaching us something that it's okay even though you know what you should be doing, even though you know what steps you should be taking, it's okay to pray, God, I don't want to do this. I really don't. Please find another way, but above, above your desire, above what you want. But Father, not my will, but your will will be done. And that is so important. And that's what I'm telling you. You know, when we pray, we open our hearts to God. We should open our hearts to him and tell him, God, this is how I'm feeling. I don't want to go through this. I don't want to do it, Lord. It's hard. It's painful. It's making me feel horrible, Lord. But Lord, not my will, but your will will be done. And, you know, God didn't answer that prayer from Jesus because he had to go through the cross. It was part of God's amazing plan for us to be saved. And Jesus understood that. And he understood it. Although he was hard, he understood it. And now we can rejoice in in what Jesus did on the cross for us and now that place that once was maybe seen as defeat now is the place of victory for us now is the place of of us to be cleansed to be changed to be transformed to be even resurrected with him because of, of Jesus dying on that cross and the last thing God saying wait so we said God says yes God says no and now God saying wait and now this is this is why we need to persevere. So in Genesis chapter 12, verses 2, 12, verse 2, God promises Abraham that he will become a father of multitudes. He says, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make nay, I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. This is, you know, before um, Abraham, just the moment Abraham left his household his father's house the law begins to 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 tell Abraham I'm going to make a great nation and then one of the words God kind of keeps saying to Abraham over and over is you and your offspring you and your offspring a few times we, we, we read that in different chapters but you know if you remember the story Abraham had no children Sarah was barren they were old They didn't have any children, but God kept on promising him, you and your offspring. You know, that means children, not one, many. And then, you know, God will even say multitudes, multitudes. Um, Genesis chapter 13, verse 14 and 15. The Lord said to Abraham, after Lot had parted from him, look around from where you are, to the north, to the south, to the east and to the west. And all the land that you see, I will give to you and your offsprings forever. Yet, year after year, after year, after year, after year, nothing happens. But the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 4, verse 18, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed, and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offsprings be. From Genesis 12 until Genesis 21 chapters, there was a long wait. In, in Abraham and Sarah's life. And the fulfillment did not happen until Genesis 21, verse 5, where Abraham was 100 years old when he had his son Isaac. But, and, and I think this is a warning for us when God promised you something, do not try to change the circumstances to get that promise done earlier. God had promises promised Abraham and Sarah, not just Abraham, Abraham and Sarah, that they will have a child and that the, 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 the uh, Abraham's descendants will receive all this land that God promised. But they there was a time in their lives where they felt, you know, God, you promised a child, um, yet, you know, we're not getting a child. So maybe... What you meant is that we we are meant to do something about it so that you can fulfill what you promised in the first place. And then they they trade their Isaac for an Ishmael. So I'm asking you, do not trade your Isaac for an Ishmael. Do not change what God has promised you, although it's a wait, although it's long, for something that you think this is it, just because you want to get it now and now. You know, we can see in desperation, Sarah tried to hurry the fulfillment of the promises and, and made Abraham, Had, and Ishmael. Let us not hurry to get what we think it's the way to be done. Let's wait in God. God knows better. God knows how, when. His timing, it's perfect. It's never too late. It's never too late. We can see another examples in the life of Joseph where he had to wait. God gave this young man, a teenager, this amazing dream, you know, where he saw that he was going to be put in a position that, you know, he was higher than his brothers. But it didn't mean just higher in a way of ruling. It meant that he was going to be in a position of blessing for his siblings, but he didn't understand it. And he had to, it took years for him to understand. It took many, many years, many times of suffering and sorrow because I guess God needed to do something in his heart. And you see in Genesis chapter 50 verse 20 towards the end of Genesis, that um, Joseph says, as for you, talking to his siblings, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. God is the one brothers and sisters that can change what people meant for evil. God can turn it into a blessing when we trust him. But Joseph understood that. So it's about understanding and about forgiving and about letting go of the past. Don't don't let your past hold you back. Remember, even the wrongs done to us have a purpose in God's hand. And when we have been called according to his purpose, God can change us. Romans chapter 8, 28 tells us, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose, and we have been called according to his purpose. You know, Jesus, um, Jesus Jesus prayed for us to have unity in John chapter 17 verse 21 that they might all be one just as you father are in me and I in you that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me Jesus prayed for us to have unity and I think this prayer I wouldn't say it has not been answered but I think it's a prayer that is constantly working on every generation we can look at our own circumstances through what's happened in our church. we have become united in unity in prayer, so Jesus is answering this prayer and in every in every uh, you know I know people could say, "Oh, but you know all the churches are divided and so on, but Jesus prayed for unity, and that prayer has been answered. It, I think in different seasons, in different times, are different it's, it's different the way God is answering this prayer. But that is something that we also have to put apart, something that we also need to do. And just to finish off, I would like us to read Psalm chapter five, 5, verse 3. And it says, Psalm chapter 5, verse 3 says, In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait in expectation. In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait in expectation. Brothers and sisters,